All right. Hi. Uh, this is a remake of uh, a short video I just made uh, uh, streaming on YouTube, but streaming uh, wasn't good at all. So this is a short remake of that uh, basically same message, but maybe with some new overtones. Again, the theme is the immutability of God is the anchor of our assurance. And the thought was that, uh, you know, we're fickle, ambivalent, we're sinful, we continue to sin daily. Lord, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And we must have a sure uh, anchor for our, for our assurance, you know, for ourselves, for our hope. Uh, what is your hope? And uh, my thesis was a couple of days ago, the first video on Malachi 3.6, that it must be grounded in the same immutability of God that is there, you know. And the verse uh, read, uh, For I am the Lord, I change not, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. And so this immutability or changelessness, or changeableness of God is our sure hope that he won't change his mind, he won't fly the handle, won't get mad at you and kick you out of his kingdom. Uh, and, uh, you know, that this doctrine of God's immutability is not a, uh, you know, just a lofty academic teaching. It has very uh, practical implications. And uh, I use the illustration of the uh, well-meant offer of the gospel or free offer. That that concept presents a different God than the God of the Bible, because the God of uh, the free offer or the well-meant offer of the gospel, there are two terms that mean the same thing, uh, present a very mutable deity which pleads with the uh, old man, which offers salvation in Christ Jesus and his uh, righteousness to old man, and, uh, sim and seemingly uh, expresses his uh, goodwill towards all men, uh, that, you know, not wanting that any should perish and so forth, that even their uh, understanding of uh, such passages as Second Peter 3, 9, that uh, not wishing that any should perish, that long-suffering towards us. Now, the orthodox understanding of that verse, that he is long-suffering uh, to us, word, uh, not wishing that any of us should perish that, but that all of us, i.e., elect of all ages, all times, should come to repentance. Instead of that, they kind of extend it to everybody, and so that in the so-called free offer, God is uh, making this plea to all men, and and in there, in that in that uh, offer, He expresses His uh, temporary love. They even uh, even Charles Hodge, I believe, uh, explained the uh, hatred. Uh, towards Esau in Romans 9 that uh, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. Uh, he, even Charles Hodge explained that hated is loving less or loving temporarily. Now, this is gibberish, of course. I mean, imagine that. Imagine if it were so. Imagine if uh, the God of the free offer, the well-meant offer, was a scripture God. would have absolutely no hope. I mean, how can you... Be sure that this same God, well, first of all, the free offer God. So he's pleading, he's offering his salvation and so forth. He's waiting for men to come to Christ and so forth. And many of them don't. I mean, we just, we know that 
some don't and many in fact majority don't ever so then they die and as it is appointed on a man wants to die and then judgment and then what and then his temporary uh short time goodwill and favor and uh, and even love is turned or mutated into an everlasting uh hatred and punishment in hell so that's no basis for assurance. I mean, how do you know that he's not doing the same with you? He's kind of playing with you, waiting that you you, you get better. Maybe tomorrow that uh, your behavior wasn't that good today, but uh, hopefully you'll show enough of evangelical obedience tomorrow, the day after, and hopefully uh, kind of get to the end. Uh, or by fruits of your obedience, as John Piper, that you'll uh, enter the kingdom on those fruits of evangelical obedience. If your assurance is based on works, of course you're going to perish. But see, if, if, if you're not grounded in this vital doctrine of God's immutable love towards his elect, you also you'll have very little assurance. I mean, what if he get, gets mad at you tomorrow? What if he loves you and says, well, I'm tired of loving you? You know, boy, you're, you know, you're no good and so forth. And we are no good if we, you know, if we think soberly about ourselves. And there's another aspect that I wanted to uh, point out very quickly. That in Malachi 3.6 in that verse, it says that, uh, Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. And we also know from the book of Exodus, uh, God is, uh, that the, the uh, appearance of God's glory on the mount was is a consuming fire, and the same thought is repeated in the book of Hebrews, that our God is a consuming fire. Now, you're not consumed. At the same time, our God, is also, who's immutable, who changes not, this God is a consuming fire forever. This fire is burning continuously, which is a picture of his holy wrath, which is burning with this flaming fire, the hot furnace heated seven times, it is against sin, against our sin as well. So the point I'm trying to make is that it's not that he's kind of oblivious, that he's, he's not, well, okay, I'll just look the other way. Uh, you know, he, he's mindful of your sin. And, and, the, and the sin, he cannot stand sin. His hot anger is burning forever, but you're not consumed. And the only reason that you're not consumed well, first of all, that his love is everlasting, but how it is realized in time is that Christ, the Son of Man, is in that same furnace of his hot anger. And because of his presence, the three young men are not consumed. Okay, so the burning uh, wrath is there, okay, and his love is also there. And they're, they're all... Uh, they meet together in Christ Jesus. So Christ takes upon himself all of this eternal, everlasting wrath against your sin. And you, being in him, in Christ, are getting his love, which is everlasting, and it, it never changes, okay? And this is the ground of our hope, of our assurance, okay? I don't want to make it too long, just a fruitful thought for you sports fans. So may God bless you all. Bye-bye.